So let's, let's go, go ahead, ahead and read, read it. Romans 11, 11 through 24. Today's a little bit of a longer reading because this whole section is kind of, is one thought. And so breaking it up doesn't, doesn't yep. make a lot of sense. And so we'll just read through it all quickly because it kind of paints uh, one sort of message. Starting in 11. Did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. They were disobedient, so God made salvation available to the Gentiles. But he wanted his own people to become jealous and claim it for themselves. Now, if the Gentiles were enriched because the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation, think how much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it. I'm saying all of this, especially to you Gentiles. God has appointed me as the apostle of the Gentiles. I stress this, for I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have, so I might have some of them. For since their rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be life for those who were dead. And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy. Just as the entire batch of dough is holy because the portion given as an offering is holy. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be too. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel, have been broken off. And you Gentiles, who are branches from a wild olive tree, have been grafted in. So now you also receiving the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag about being grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. You're just a branch. You're not the root. Well, you may say, those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember, those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you are there because you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. Hmm. That is 11, 11 through 24. Yeah. So, what kind of a picture does that paint I like in this. your head? Well, so there's there's a number of things okay. that it paints. The overarching, exciting idea is that that this is this is okay. So when I read the Old Testament, I think to myself, I want to be one of the chosen people. You know, there's a little bit of jealousy. I I read it and I think, well, I'm not Jewish. I wish I could be mm -hmm. that. And what this is telling me is now you are. Now you are the chosen people to speak of because of our belief in Jesus Christ. And uh, And so I think that that's exciting. I think that's really great. And... And it's it's interesting that it is it's it's a warning as well. 
It's a warning saying that God really wants you to, to choose him. God wants you to make him a priority. God wants you to do this. And the Jews didn't decide to believe in Christ. And so they were cut off. And I think it's interesting, though. There's something in here that I don't know exactly why it's written this way, but it seems like I just have trouble I have trouble thinking that it's actually the way that it's written here. And this is what it is. It says that we were grafted in because they didn't follow. Okay? They didn't believe in Jesus. So so God said, "All right, forget you guys. We're we're going with the Gentiles next." But the problem with that is that since Abraham, since Jacob, since David, God has always been talking about how he was going to extend uh, the blessing to the entire world, right? It's not just to Abraham's family. It's not just to Jacob's family. We're talking everyone who's going to be blessed through their lineage. And that that's true. And it's true through this. So it doesn't seem like God at that time was saying, all right, Abraham, I'm going to bless everyone in the whole world because your family is going to, you know, decide against it. So it's just, that's one interesting thing about it. But, uh, so, so it's funny because it's, uh, it's just, and maybe I don't know why it reads that way, but it doesn't seem like that has always been the plan according to other places in scripture. So how about you? The analogy that I think of is he makes it sound like a nightclub where you've got okay. a maximum capacity in the room and yeah. you open it up and it'll fit, you know, a thousand people and you got a thousand people on the list. You've set up your list, you got your thousand people, but then only 200 show up. And so yeah. you go into the computer and you delete 800 names. Because they didn't show up for the opening. And then you start writing in uh, other people. And it, because it's, it's saying that since, you know, life comes from God, and the analogy here is a tree. And so God, being the source of life, is the roots. And the tree goes up. And this is the branches of Abraham, meaning the Jewish people. But since most of them or many of them rejected uh, the truth, then God cut them off, deleted their name from the list. You're, you're cut off. And then yeah. all the people who were not Jewish, they're being compared to, you guys used to be attached to a wild olive tree. You used to just, you were just sort of sprouted up in the same sphere of, existence. So some of you mm-hmm. 
who saw the life over here in the real tree, your branches were grafted in. Like we just in we 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 went where the old branch was and we taped you onto it until you actually grafted in and became part of our tree. And it's and it's funny because the reason why I say it sounds like a limited capacity is because it says um, that they were removed. Yeah, it says so. You might say those branches were broken off to make room for me. And Paul always answers his own questions by saying, "No, don't do that. No, that's not what it is at all." No, and this time he's like, "Yep, <laughs> those branches were cut off to make room for you, but." Remember, those original branches, the ones who were on the, the list originally, the VIPs who had the first come, first serve option, don't forget those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. You're here because you do believe. So don't think highly yeah. of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. Ha <laughs> ha. So now this is this is Paul, who's always used for the grace, not works, you know, eternal salvation, predestination. It's like you can't do anything. But here it's talking about um, that be careful, because guess what will happen if you if you lose sight of your belief? Get what if, if he cut off the originals, he'll certainly cut you off. You're uh you got lucky that there was room for you. Um and this passage as I read it I was thinking exactly like my dad warned us and that is that whenever we're we're talking about salvation here we're talking about when I die where am I going to go? The elevator's going to go up or down. I okay. want to know which direction I'm headed. And that's what I think of when I'm reading this. And so it almost, when you, when it says, hey, he'll cut you off. Okay, I'm thinking, oh, okay, great. So when I die, does that mean that I'm cut off, I go to hell or whatever? If I take a okay. step back and I say, all right, let's say hypothetically, dad's right. And that when Paul is talking about salvation, he's talking about being saved, having God swoop in, indwell you with his Holy Spirit and start yeah. walking through this life with you instead of you floundering around and making a mess of everything by yourself. So imagine if that's what salvation yeah. is. It's that moment of, of Christ coming in and changing you into a new creature. Well, now it makes sense yeah. that it would say, uh, now if the Gentiles were enriched because the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation. That's that relationship I was just describing. Think how yep. much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it. The world yeah. will benefit when Israel turns back to God because of the... Yeah. But that's not... The world won't benefit if, if Israel... You know, if it's a nightclub and then it's like, hey, when Israel shows up and fills up the guest list again, how much will the world benefit? Well, none. If it means that the world is now like if there's a limited number of capacity and then 
that makes no more room for Gentiles or others. So they're obviously not talking yeah, about not, salvation after you die. They can't be. Yeah, and it's not a zero-sum game. It, well, right? it's not a like, zero-sum game, a but... a limited amount. Well, how would you say those branches were cut off to make room for me? Well, I know. It's a limit. It sounds, it sounds like, like a limited capacity. It does sound like it's a limited and, capacity. You're right. And it, and it's super interesting that it says that the world, you know, how much greater the blessing will, will be when they finally accept it. That, this is like a prophecy almost, right? Like this sounds, this is talking about a future event and it, it talks about it as if it's inevitable that the, the Jews will finally accept it. That's interesting to me. I want to know, I would love to know, like, are we talking, you know, the end times, revelation times when the Jews are accepting it then? Or if it's, it, it's very interesting. Well, we know I, that I, they will accept it in the end times because it, it kind of says that in Revelation. But if if I yeah. read this, when I read this as if salvation meant who gets to go to heaven, who has to go to hell. Um, it's very concerning and very confusing and very contrary to, I mean, it almost doesn't even make sense. It's, it's so contrary. And then at the same time, it doesn't actually make sense. But if I think about it as in like, this is the transformation where God is willing to transform you into a new creature. It says God mm -hmm. had this offer available for his chosen people. He was going to do this in each one of them if they would let him. Every one of them was yeah. chosen. They were his favorites. And he was like, this is what these people are going to be the example to the rest of the world because I am going to save them individually. But they aren't interested. They're clinging to the old law. They're not seeing the bigger picture and they're not willing to accept the grace and the salvation. So yeah. since they're not doing their job of being the example and drinking in this opportunity that they all have, all right, well, let's see if the Gentiles will do it. Wrecks the narrative, but it's better yeah. than no one. So everybody do what the Jews should be doing. And Paul's saying, hey, look, I'm a Jew. I'm from Israel. I love them. And I want you guys to get it because they're so closed off. They're so stuck in their culture. They're so stuck in the preconceived ideas. I'm going to go preach to you guys. And secretly, I hope a bunch of you guys kind of get transformed. And I hope that my people yeah. over here look at you and go, huh, they seem to be closer and more in tune with what God's saying than we are. Maybe we should, yeah. maybe they've got something we're missing. So, so it, you know, Paul's saying there's this culture and then there's that culture. Let's try this culture that's a complete stranger to it because, hey, maybe that'll, maybe they'll, we can wake up the uh, Jews by example. And so then he comes up with an analogy. And I think it's silly to take the analogy and not just learn what Paul is saying. If you take a step back and say, what's, what's the point? As opposed to saying, okay, well, it says cut off, and so then this must mean that. And No, just look at what he's saying. He's saying, look, 
This was the tree. It was available for everybody and they rejected it. And so it's not that you cut off the branches. I don't believe that it's cut off the branches because it's a physical trunk and there's only enough room for so many branches. It's just that a real tree only has so much room. And so he's trying to use an example and he's like, yeah, so we had to cut a bunch of branches off that were in prime spots to insert strange branches. And um, so, and this is now offered to everyone, but the salvation is a moment in this life. It's, this is talking to us right now, whether it's prophesying about Jews in the future or not, doesn't matter. It's available right now. He saved me. He saved you. We know of which we speak. And so uh, I think it's... uh, I didn't like it when I first read it because I was reading the salvation as if it was some future tense thing. And I don't like the idea of a limited capacity of heaven. And so, you know, hey, we'll try. But, you know, Jesus gives the example of the wedding feast that we invited all the, all the important people and they didn't come. So then the master sent out his servants and said, bring the people from the streets, bring all the, bring the drabs like me, because we're going to have a party, got it all set up. And my guest list didn't get full. So get everyone else. We're, you know, whoever will come. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's right. And it is kind of like a nightclub. It's the, it's a nightclub or it's a wedding feast and and we're inviting people and if they won't come, well, I mean, it's it's open. It's open. We want you to come. We want you to partake in this relationship with God. So, but it says fewer fewer taking it. In fact, uh, at the wedding feast that you were talking about, that's out of Matthew 22, and in verse 14, it says, For many are invited, but few are chosen. So, I think that's what's the What is that? that, What's the difference of that? What do you mean invited but not chosen? that's That's what it says. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Okay. Uh, it seems like being invited is you. also being chosen. So I'm trying to figure out what the difference between if I invite you to my party, I chose for you to come. I didn't just randomly send out invitations and then pick people once they show up who I want. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what another yeah, version find... say. For many are called, but few are chosen. Yeah, that was for uh, the wedding feast? Very similar. Or is that different? Yep. It's it is Matthew 22. It's a parable of the wedding banquet. Jesus spoke to them again in parables. In the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come but they refused to come. Then he sent more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. 
But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man who was there not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside, into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Hmm. Well, it doesn't disagree with Paul. No. Is that what you remembered? No. That was different than I imagined. But that's probably because I haven't read it in a long time, and that's a that was a more... I mean, I didn't remember anybody... Like, that was way more violent. I thought it was more of a simple parable. I didn't think there was as much complexity. Yeah. It's worth looking into, because, like, <laughs> I... You know... They beat him and killed him, and it's like that—that's interesting. Well, what's interesting about that is that it, it Jesus is saying this parable to the Pharisees mm-hmm. at that time, and the Pharisees—they're trying to trap him. They're trying—they're talking about killing him, and when he said that, that would have for them felt like their history of killing God's um, prophets. You know, the Jews have a long history of killing off prophets that they didn't like what they were saying. And so that's what, that's what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, you, you people are the ones that are killing off our prophets. Mm. So I didn't know that. But I did know that they killed Jesus. So yes, I mean they they had an uphill battle to convince me that they never do that. But I didn't know that was something they were known yeah. for. Well, just think back when uh, when Elijah was talking and he was saying that there were only 7,000, or I'm sorry, that he felt like he was the only one left. And Lord, they killed your prophets and tore down your altars. I'm the only one left. You know, this is from the same chapter that we're Mm -hmm. reading now. Elijah was saying that all the modern day prophets of his time were killed off except for him. And that's when, that's when God told him that there were 7,000 others who had never bowed down Hmm. to Baal. So, it's uh, it's all connected. Very cool, man. This is an interesting um, 
This is an interesting passage. You know, when we when I read Romans 11, uh, I honestly, mm-hmm. it was a little bit like reading Romans 9, where I was like, let's skip this one. Yeah, I really? hated it. I was like, dude, Paul, come on. I mean, I thought, what could possibly be here? And also, a lot of it was confusing. <laughs> and so it was like, okay, I don't know oh. what to do with it, and so let's just ignore it. <laughs> Yeah. Really? And see, I don't feel that way about this passage at all. Well, that's great. But I did. And I was like, let's get to 12. 12's better. Next week's going to be awesome. So much to talk about in 12. It's fun. <laughs> it, and 11 is like, well, stop talking about the Jews and the Gentiles okay. and the differences between them. And that there's no difference, but there was once. And now they're, you know, it was like, it's just not interesting to me. And I mean, like, I grew up. Not as a Jew, and not really explicitly as a Gentile. I grew up as a Christian. And so to read the Bible and say, hey, guess what, everyone? Christianity is available to you. It's like, well, obviously, that's how I got here in the first place. Otherwise, I wouldn't be reading the Bible. <laughs> so, I mean, you're you're talking about some sort of logistics between two different cultures. It seems, I mean, the whole general theme seems kind of racist. It's like, hey, everybody, God has a favorite. We all know that. But, hey, the favorite's screwed up. So now he's opened the doors to everybody else, hoping to make the originals, the the OGs, jealous. But they weren't jealous. So now it's just wide open to darn near everybody. And uh, it's like, all right. What am I supposed to do with that? It's like, well, I mean, obviously it pertains to me or I wouldn't be here. So it's kind of, it's just a strange it's a strange part of the Bible to get passionate or excited about because it just seems weird. And so when Paul's conclusion of his writing is, ta-da, it's available to the whole world. Like, well, obviously. I mean, that's what that's why we support missionaries. That's why you do the commission podcast. It's sort of like, I don't think there's a listener or I don't think there's somebody who reads Romans now as a Christian or is reading the Bible is going to be like, it's available to not just Jewish people. (laughs) Yeah, you're just wrong. You're just wrong because I do. I read it and I think, yeah, this is, this is where you're, you're making your mistake. This is like a movie you've already seen. This is like, this is like the uh, what's your favorite movie? It's the uh, the, the giving forward. back movie. Yeah, pay it forward. All right, pay it forward. Have you ever seen it more than once? Yeah, I just watched it last week. Okay, you watched it last week. How many times have you seen Ten. this movie? Ten. All right. So there's probably a point in the movie where you get emotionally involved. What what part of the movie are you emotionally involved? Uh. The final scene where he's kind of explaining. Where he gets stabbed? No, no, no. Before that. Where he gets stabbed or where the whole world no, 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 responds? No, 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 When in, in, right before that, when he is being interviewed for coming up with the idea and explaining yeah. to people on TV, well, the efforts I made towards it, they didn't work. But when my mom tried it, look at how, look at the fruit because she's such an amazing person. 
Yeah. And so you you saw that last week, but you've seen mm-hmm. it 10 times. So you already knew that ending, but it still yeah. impacts you. It's a great movie. It still impacts you. And that movie doesn't hold a candle to the gospel message coming to the rest of the world. And so when you read it cover to cover, and when you see the context, when you see the whole story unveiled, and you're not just reading microscopic parts of the Bible, you get the whole movie, right? You get to see the walk, the, the way the way he was helping his mom, the way he helped the homeless guy, the way he helped the various people that he was helping. And you get to see how it all unraveled, and you do get to see how even though his pay it forwards didn't really pay, you know, pan out the way you would expect, you see how the whole world was affected mm-hmm. eventually in that movie. But the Bible's the same way. This is such a good story. And when I read this in context, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I love this. I love that God is opening up a spot for the people that never had an opportunity. All right. Now God is working a way for them to, you know, be attached to the tree. I remember the day last year that I read this and I was so pumped. I was so excited. Hmm. I felt like this this is enough like we talked about this last week that it was kind of like the the general you know giving the marching calls and and cheering yep. everyone up. That's not what this is. What this is is this is where God is showing how important everyone is in the bigger picture. And you you're seeing that I mean, in the big picture, the the Jews really made a lot of mistakes. They made a lot of mistakes. They were not honoring God all throughout the Old Testament. You read it, and it's like, oh my goodness, this king, he was not doing what was uh, pleasing in the eye of the Lord. You read every king, and some of them periodically did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but... So many of them, it would, you know, this king became king and he lived for this long and either he did or he didn't do what was pleasing in the eye of the Lord. And you read it so many times and it's so few that they were actually following God. They were always creating these idols and they were, it was so simple. It appeared from your perspective And then you get into the New Testament and Jesus is showing the new kingdom with totally new values. Everything is new. And then Paul's laying it out. This is how it works. And Paul's excited about it. And so now he's like, man, I want them to be jealous. I want them to see how great this is. I want them to see that the Jews are now sort of being put aside, not not completely. They could still participate, but if because they're not choosing it, God's allowing their heart to be hardened. And now, guess what? It's open to everyone. 
you can pay, you can be a, grafted into this tree, and now you can be a child of God. It's exciting. This this is a movie that I've seen a number of times, and it's something I know the ending, and I I know that in in its in just a small snippet, it might not seem profound, but in the bigger picture, it's just so good. It's like it's like a cool drink on a summer's day. It's so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, that is a that is a that is a great takeaway, Steve. And it's a good analogy to uh pay it forward because um you're right. I do enjoy seeing something again that I already know well and good what it is because I appreciate it for what it is. It's not a it's different than what are the dates memorized for the history test? And once you've got them memorized, there's nothing new for it. it there is, there's more, it is a beautiful uh, thing to look at. So yeah, I recognize. I that. love it. <laughs>